Hello and welcome to Touchline. My name is Mark Cameron. With me in studio tonight, a good mate of mine from, from Zimbabwe, Brendan Dawson. He's the Zimbabwean head coach. Welcome, Dorsey. Yeah, Mark, how's it? Great to be here. Thanks very much for the invitation. Really, really happy to be here. Yeah, happy to, happy to have you as well. Um, we uh, know that uh, great things are happening in Zimbabwe with you back in, back in the saddle. So if we, can, if we can just start there quickly. Um, our paths crossed in 2009 when we were at the same coaching clinic in Vestig Rugby Academy in, in, in Cape Town. Then you were already part of the Zimbabwean setup and, and obviously part of the national side. If my memory serves me correct, then uh, you steered away there for a, for a while and uh, you're back in, the, back in the helm now. So can I go that route first and say, if you, if you can allude to that as to, as to why you left and more so the, the Dorsey that I know that's the positive guy is back. So why are you back? <laughs> yeah, Mark, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we went from 2007 to 2014. You know, we jumped uh, from where we started in 2007, 59th in the world, and then we ended up at 24th in the world. Um, and then we, we missed out on the World Cup qualifier where we lost to Russia in the, in the repertoire. We lost by six points to Russia in Siberia. So um, obviously when, uh, when we came back from that, the, the rugby union uh, then decided that uh, it was time to get um, my assistant coach to take over and uh, put me to pasture. And um, so, yeah, I, um, I had to resign and, well, resign from the, from the post. And then my assistant coach took over. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so you know, then obviously it didn't go to do well for the for the guys in, 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 under him, and then they brought in uh, Peter De Villiers, and um, I I ended up going you know, joining Peter De Villiers, and which my post lasted five months, and um, then I was fired by Peter, and um, then two years later or well, a year later, and um, Peter was fired, and they asked me to come back. So yeah, I'm back at back at back at the helmet. Um, and took over, took over again, and uh, we're sitting at uh, from 48th where we slid back to 48th in the world. We're back to 32 in the world now. So yeah, it's been exciting. It's been good, good, good challenge, and then and, and we're on the right path. So, so if I can just ask there, because there's quite a bit of firing that happened there. Um, <laughs> so that was a negative firing for everyone to come and go. So if we if we look at positive firing, what is firing currently at at Sam Rugby? Because as I said. I was fortunate enough to, to meet you in 2009, and you are a, when I say a fiery character, passion oozes out of you. When we did your drills and things like that initially uh, with all the, the guys that were there, Dwarf and all those guys, we actually laughed because you are very passionate. Um, and I suppose that's part of it. But with all of that happening, because obviously there's a lot of negativity happening, and then you see where Zim Rakeby is, where you took them to, then they've gone back. Why is Brendan Dawson back in the hell? No, look, you know, I just love it. I love the game. I love, I love coaching and I love being able to, to make a difference. And, and, you know, I was fortunate to have played in the 91 World Cup and we, we did fairly well. And, um, and, you know, I've always said when I took over, when, I, when they asked me to come in and start coaching, um, I wanted to go back to a World Cup and I wanted to coach a team to go to the World Cup. And that's been my dream. It's been my passion. And, and, um, and you know, I want to. I want us to qualify and go to a World Cup. So that's why I'm still around. And I and I really believe Zimbabwe 
are good enough, the players are good enough to go to to go to a World Cup. So, as a coach, you've never been to the World Cup, am I correct? That's what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so now you are back. So let's talk about the qualifiers and and if you're not, what you still need to do. Just a month or two ago, you guys were in South Africa with a few other African countries partaking in a tournament in Cape Town for the qualifiers to, to obviously go to France in 2023. Let's go there first. How did that go? That went very well. You know, we, again, you know, with a lot of people don't understand the situation of Zimbabwe rugby. Um, you know, we, we our, 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 you know, our, our, our rugby in Zimbabwe is, is not of a very high standard. And definitely not a high standard where we can pick 30 players from our country and go on a tour and, 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 and compete. Our biggest problem is is that um, you know we 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 need to draw players from all over the world. So what happens is that 95, 98% of our team are foreign based. So when we when we get a tournament like with what's happened against in the uh, Stellenbosch Challenge, we were given a week together to to put a team together, and then a week in camp, and then we have to go and play. So you know we we it's a hell of a tasking uh, mission for us to be able to bringing guys that are all playing all over the world and put them into a into a group and play to the style that I want them to play it. So, you know, it's it's, it's very difficult, but we we make it work. So, yeah, I mean, we we got told that the week before and we we put a squad together and we took it to um to to Stellenbosch and, and out of the, the squad that we we played the World Cup qualifiers in July and probably a quarter of that were in this squad. So, you know, we were fortunate that in, in one respect that we got to see a lot more players that are wanting to put their hands up to go to our World Cup qualifying France in 2022. And um, so we were fortunate in that way. But what it, what it meant is that we hadn't played a lot of rugby together. And, um, you know, so when we got to, to, to uh, Cape Town, we had to put it all together. And then and, and I think we, we achieved what we wanted to. You know, we went there going that we wanted to play Namibia in a final. Um, and to see where Namibia are and where we are. And, um, you know, we were fortunate that we managed to beat Brazil, who are ranked 26th in the world. So it helped us with our world rankings. We jumped another two places, so we jumped down to 32. And um, so which was really good for us. And then, obviously, we played we played Namibia, which obviously the scoreline didn't reflect the true, true, true nature of the game. You know, down at 65th minute of the game, we were... We were um, uh, 15, 10 down, and we, we adopted a ball on the try line. I, I wouldn't try to be a bit clever and try to go around the guy and he knocked the ball on. And then we weren't awarded a penalty try, which he told us the next penalty would be a penalty try. So if we had gone into 24-15, it would have been really good for the guy's heads. And then we made a lot of substitutes, and, and that's where we, where we struggled a lot because our our... our our substitutes instead of impact players were were that there were substitutes and uh, and it wasn't uh, fair on them and it wasn't uh, indicative of the way the game went and um, and and it's got got away with us so I was very happy with where we were and and how it all finished and to see where we are against Namibia and against where Kenya are because those are going to be our two uh, two games that we are going to play in the World Cup qualifiers in in in, uh, in July and. In France, so it was good, and you know, coming second and and uh, and seeing where we were against them, jumping some world rankings was all what we what 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 we aimed for, and it worked for us. So uh, I take it just on what you're saying currently, 
um, your position uh, is is intact at least for the next qualifiers in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like I could get fired until maybe after that. It might happen. You never know. Dorsey, if I can just ask then. Uh, obviously, with you guys coming to South Africa and COVID and all of that, so let's ask that question quickly. Um, did you guys obviously get here and you also had to go into your bubbles and, and had to do certain things, which also made it difficult because, as you said, your players are scattered all over the world. So when they arrived, obviously, you needed to do something before you even started planning your, your games. Yeah, look, obviously, COVID played a massive part of it. And... Uh, and, you know, we were fortunate that through all the teams that were in the competition, there was not one COVID uh, um, a, a person, you know, player. So we were very fortunate. Obviously, everybody had to quarantine. Everybody had to isolate. You know, we weren't allowed to do a lot of things. So, yeah, you know, the isolation and the quarantining does take is, is very tough on your teams and mentally. And, uh, you know, we're not like the rest of the world with that. 12 to 16 weeks. We're only 10 days prior to the tournament. So, but it is, you know, it's just a different type of life, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just completely different to what we know, what normality is really about. No, 100%. And, and, and thanks for sharing because you are right. You know, if you look at the box, the box went uh, all over the world to play this year. And if I'm not mistaken, they were in isolation for about five to six months. So yeah. uh, it, yeah. makes, it makes a big difference. Dorsey, then uh, just to, to elaborate a little bit on your players that are scattered all over the world, is that other than that you don't have them under your wing and you can't exactly see what's going on, isn't that a good thing for Zimbabwe rugby to get them playing all over the world, to get exposed to, to different conditions and, and good coaches and so forth? I can only look from a South African point of view, and we've touched on this a few times on, on the Touchline show, to say if you look at a guy like Faf de Klerk, when he was playing for the Lions and he was at South Africa side, he was good. But since he's gone to Sale Sharks and he's played there and he's got different methods of doing certain things and obviously different terminologies and listening to a different voice, he has become a better player. Does that not benefit Zimbabwe? Yeah, it does. It, it benefits tremendously. But, you know, there's nothing, nothing better than time together as a group. And, you know, you, you obviously need, you know, you need match practice and you need to be together as a group continuously. So, for example, like now we're going to be we're going to be playing in the Curry Cup B, uh, B section or the first division next year. So we're going to have 12 weeks together as a group of players prior to going to away to France. So that is exactly what you're wanting to do. So when we bring all the players in, we bring everybody in, we bring all that experience in, but now we've got 12 weeks to expose it, 12 weeks to put it all together. So, you know, when you get a week to put it, it doesn't matter how much you've learned or what it, what it is, playing together is tenfold better than, than bringing all that knowledge in and all that talent in, but not putting it all together. And so when we put it all together over 12 weeks, that's when you're going to see the benefit of the players playing outside the country and out, you know, playing over the world and, and gaining that experience. So once we put all of that together, that is exactly what we're wanting to achieve. So no, I, and I agree with you. I mean, you look at the Springboks, as I said, they were together for five to six months this year. And yes, it becomes long. Yes, they miss family. Yes, they're away from home. But that brotherhood, uh, you don't buy that. That is experience that you build over time, you know, and, and we'll allude to, to that if we have time going into the World Cup about what Eddie Jones said about the box and when they when they go into the World Cup again. Um, so if we have time, we'll touch on that. But sticking with Zim, 
if you if you look at your guys now, and I mean, as we said, you've got some quality players yourself, and we're fortunate. There's there's one or two that play in South Africa. Then you've got them based all over the world. As the head coach of of Zimbabwe, do you keep tabs on them, and are you in contact with them regularly to see where they are at? Because obviously, uh, you would expect, let's say, they go play in France. Um, they should be exposed to, to decent fitness levels and coach, but you yourself as a coach, you want something specific. So do you follow up with them or the coaching staff over there or how does it work? Yeah, look, we do. We, we you know, we constantly involved with, with, with them and their SNCs and their coaches over that side. And what we've just done now is we've, we've, we've just managed to secure a, a SNC coach, a well-known SNC coach, and probably one of the, one of the best in the world that's going to join us. In fact, he's already joined us, so he's going to you know, and he's putting all these put these um, these uh, plans together of making sure that they can monitor, send videos, send recordings, send send uh, you know. I mean, it's easy to cheat and it's easy to 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 falsify certain times on a Bronco test or whatever yeah. what we're doing. But at the end of the day, you know, they're only cheating themselves and they're letting down the country and they're letting down their team. So, you know, within our team values, honesty is one of our biggest biggest values. And, you know, if you're not going to be honest, there's no room for you in the team. So, you know, that we, 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 we do work on a lot of those, those values and being able to get the honesty of the player to come back to us. We do work a lot with their coaches. And, you know, the SNC guys are now that with Khaf is in, involved with us as a consultant, we're going to make sure that, that it's on top of it and at his level where he wants it to be done. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Dorsey, if we can then just chat about your next qualifiers, which as you, okay, let's, let's go Curry Cup quickly. What are you expecting out of the Curry Cup from, from Zimbabwe point of view? Obviously, it would be nice to win the tournament and that. But, I mean, you've got, you've got better things to worry about, and I say that with respect, and that is qualifying for the World Cup. So, out of the Curry Cup, what are you as a coach looking at to, to achieve out of that? Well, yeah, we we always wanting to put you know guys on the field and making sure we can combine, put some patterns, you know, some uh, combinations together, build on combinations, build on, and getting everybody to understand the patterns that I want them to play and how I want them to play. Our you know our philosophy and our style of rugby that we want to play as Zimbabweans, they were just trying to adapt and get into that. And so you know you know time on time on the field and, and practice time on the, in the paddock is exactly what I want. And you know obviously I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not in this competition wanting to go out and go and win it. My goal is to make sure that we 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 bet every single game and make sure that every single player that comes in can fit in. And players that don't, well, you know, it, it, we you know it's, the hard thing about it is that uh, they've got to make safe way for for guys that are that are going to make you know make the grade. So it is going to be tough. It's, certain things are going to be very tough on on. Selection collectors, coaches, on management, on players. It's going to be hard for some players. And, and you know, reality and, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty much of a straight shooter and, you know, I talk straight from the hip. I don't beat around the bush. So, you know, the guys get it straight from the horse's mouth. And so, yes, what I want to achieve from this is, is make sure we get momentum. By the time we go into the camp to go to France, I want to have picked our 32 players that are quality, quality top players playing the same style, playing the intensity that we want to play and, you know, our defence 100%. And, um, and then getting, yes, next year or the year after, we can go and looking at wanting to win this, win that tournament. But this one now, I want to make sure that we can, by the time we leave the shores of, of, of Africa to go to France, I want to make sure that we've got a quality team that can go there and go and win our qualifiers. 
hundred percent. And and you know that's what you want to do. As you said, you Zimmer hasn't qualified for for quite a few World Cups now, and it's and it's time to yeah. to put up your hand. You know, and what is important from even even from a South African point of view, you guys are Africans, part of Africa. So like yourselves, like Namibia. Um, obviously, from a South African point of view, we'll we'll back you guys 100%. So, just yeah. moving on on from that now to after you play in the Curry Cup, now come July next year when you go to France, which is actually a great place to to play your qualifiers because that's where the World Cup will be. So, yeah. I think you you hit two birds with one stone there. So, it is important for for the guys to be there and and suck it in already to know i mean you'd be you'd be fortunate more fortunate than some countries where the players haven't been to france yet so you'll have that experience already so when you do when you go there what do you need to do in the next qualifiers for zimbabwe rugby to qualify to go to the world cup okay so so really uh final is we're playing ivory coast okay and should we beat ivory coast then we'll play namibia in the semi-final Namibia have got Bikino Faso in their quarterfinal. And so which I'm pretty convincing that they'll they'll beat uh, Bikino Faso. So we'll meet Namibia in the in the quarterfinal. Should we beat Namibia, then we'll go through to um, the final, which will be the final will be between Kenya, Uganda, um, Algeria, and um Cote d'Ivoire, I think, is the lot the other one. So yeah, so it's one of those four that we'll meet in the final. Oh. So if you obviously as a coach, we always back ourselves and we back our players and that. Um, and you don't want to look down at any of the other countries participating. Yeah. But uh who do you feel might be your biggest stumbling block when you go to France for the qualifiers? Look, I mean Ivory Coast proved. Quite a quite a test in, in their qualifiers for them to get there. So you know, I, I know I believe that you know the French are really trying to develop Ivory Coast, um, Algeria, Cote um, uh, Ivory Coast, and, and 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 those kind of countries. They're developing them in a large way because they're all playing playing in France and all French colonies or whatever they are. So they, they they've got a big they're pumping a lot of rugby into that. And, um, you know, Namibia have always been our stumbling block um, for, for as long as I was playing against Namibia. We, yeah. We've always struggled. So, yeah, Namibia is going to be tough. And, you know, Namibia are going to be wanting to, you know, they've got Alistair Kutz here as their the new coach. So, yeah, I think they're going to be tough. And, and you know, they're going to come there to obviously, obviously also want to win when they qualify. So it's going to be tough. And, you know, obviously if you meet Kenya or Uganda or Algeria in the final, that's going to be tough because, you know, they would have played yeah. some... Some good rugby to have got there to the final, you know. So, so when you go when you go there, is it like is it like knockout? So when you lose, you come home, or uh, it's just basically your first round. Then you go to quarters and semis and finals. Yeah, I think it is. To be honest, I'm not further from that, but I do believe. I'm sure it is. Um, you go play quarter, semi final, and then it goes. Because obviously you you know the second second place obviously also then go to repertoire, which you don't want to do because trust me we've done that twice and it's not the <laughs> not the nice tried qualifier. No, it's a fact. Look, I I think you guys will hopefully benefit as well from obviously playing in the in the Curry Cup. Um, you know that time spent together as you were alluding to earlier on, and then more so is 
as a unit, not, not them getting to know each other, but the playing patterns and where you want to go and you can correct yourself. So you have more time at your exposure to do that. So we obviously will watch you while you, while you, yeah, because you'll be playing in South Africa when you're there. And then yeah. um, hopefully we, uh, we will get to, to, to have you in studio or something like that while you are here. Oh, no, no, <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, um, I don't know if you, I think it was about a week or two weeks ago where World Rugby announced that players that have played international rugby for their adopted countries, once they're done after three years, can go back to their countries of birth. Now, everyone is speaking the <laughs> South Sea Islands. Now, I look at Namibia and I look at Zimbabwe from an African point of view. You have many players. You look at Beast Ntentai that played for South Africa, that Zimbabwean-born. So, yes, he was quality. And um, as we know, he retired out of the South African side. So, obviously, he would never have gone back to Zimbabwe to play. But if you look at the South Sea Islanders, you have many of them that only play a year or two years, possibly for that specific country. Then they fade. Um, how do you think Zimbabwe is going to benefit out of that? Because you've got quality players all over. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't think even if the Beast or even if David Pocock retired at a, a slightly earlier age, um, I do, you know, we, we, it's difficult because people have seen that Zimbabwe are a, are a sorry, second-tier nation, you know, and... And we, you know, if you South Sea Islands, you know, you go from an All Blacks to play for Western Samoa, Western Samoa, sort of first world, first, you know, first tier, first tier team. For these guys to drop, drop it to come down to the second tier nation, I, you know, I, I don't know how they would think about that. You know, being an Australian and coming to play for Zimbabwe or Springbok playing in Zimbabwe, I don't know how they would look at that. But that's for the, the individual to, under, you know, to work it out himself, you know. You know, your country is Zimbabwe, your, your home is Zimbabwe. I don't know how people would look at that. But in saying that, is it wrong? No, I don't believe it's wrong. I mean, that's what they've chosen. Where, where it is good luck, you know, for example, like an Eli Snayman, um, who, who represented South Africa in the 20s, um, four years ago, or five years ago, three years ago. Now for him, where he probably won't be able to get selected for the Springboks, his chance of that is not is not too good. So someone like that, yes, would be tremendous. You know, Michael uh, Williams that um, that is playing in Bath, uh, Donna Elma that's playing in uh, Exeter. Those kind of players where Don, I think Don actually got capped by England eight six years ago. You know, those are the kind of players that would love to come back and and that I'd love to see to come back. So those are the kind of players we want to target. You know, we got another one that uh, a guy called Mason Mango. Mungo that got picked for Scotland and didn't play for Scotland, but um, got picked for them. Now he's available to play for us. Yeah. So those are the kind of players that we, we want to target to look at and, and give them the opportunity to come and play for us. So, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what, you know, but for the, you know, for the rest of the world, I, I think it's quite difficult to really become a spring buck and then you got to come down and play for Zimbabwe. It might be quite tough for the guys, you know. Well, if you've got a decent bank account, you never know because that's where they go nowadays. Or you can just offer them something there on the farm and things will work. Yeah, that, that is the problem. The bank accounts are not the best way to go. Dorsey, I just want to quickly um, go to the uh, United Rugby Championships. I don't know if you've been following that. 
Um, I just want your take as a neutral with regards to our franchises playing in the north and obviously how they battled in that. And then, unfortunately, um, when the likes of Munster and Connacht and all those came down to us, obviously COVID hit again. How do you see South Africa adapting? And do you think we will turn the tide and be competitive when we go north, like when the box are there? Yeah, look, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, you know, and I've always, I've always, you know, I, I enjoy the Australian and New, Ze New Zealand conferences when we were playing down there. I enjoyed that, you know, it was good rugby, good open style rugby. You know, obviously the UK rugby is very different where you play on a lot more different turfs and a different, different style of rugby. So, you know, for, for some of the South African sides, I mean, look, the, the Lions did really, really well in one or two of their games and they adapted really nicely and played some really attractive, hard-running rugby and, and you know, they, they won some nice rugby. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's just going to take them time, isn't it, to adapt to it and, and work that system out and the way they play. They play a lot more kicking kicking game. They play a lot more territorial kicking, you know, box kicking and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it might end up suiting the Springboks and well, the South African teams that kind of rugby. So, yeah, look, I I don't know whether it was whether it was more of the right the 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 rugby side of things where you know it takes only ten hours to get across there. There's no there's no um, altitude problem as such as like what it is in South Africa. You know, going from South Africa to New Zealand, New Zealand across to Australia, and playing all of that kind of stuff, then across to Argentina. I think that's quite difficult for them. You know. So yeah, I think it's really nice. I, you know, I've been watching a lot of the, the the overseas rugby, the English rugby, and it's some nice rugby that's being played. You know, in saying that that they play on uh, on muddier turfs, you know, and a lot of them are now going to this Astro turf, so where the game has speeded right. up quite a lot. Yeah. And you know, and the, the skill level in that wet weather of those guys, there's some really really good skills. So yeah, I mean, very with it. I really enjoy it. I've been watching a lot of it and you know, adapting quite a bit of our plays from, from the English rugby. So it's been really, really nice. I'm glad you, you're mentioning that because uh, we had Dan von Sale on in our studio last week and we also spoke about the skill sets that is, that is different or the approach to a breakdown or something that is slightly different in the north to the south. And I'm glad you speak about it as well because I myself, as a coach, also like to have a look at what different coaches do or different teams do and their approaches. And then obviously try to adapt some of that into our skill sets, uh, because obviously your skill sets is, is where the issue comes in. You know, you want to play like the All Blacks, but you don't have their type of players, so you will never get there. You know, you need to adapt it. Um, Dorsey, just in, just in saying that then, um, so you are alluding to, to the South Africans possibly becoming better playing in the North. What is important when you spoke about it just now as well, you spoke about um, us not playing against New Zealand and you actually got accustomed to that and you enjoy that. In this week, Ian, the head coach, spoke about the fact that they did badly in the autumn test series in the, in the North. One of the reasons that he identified was that they do not play us anymore in Super Rugby. What's your take on that? Yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing better than you know the New Zealand, uh, New Zealand South Africa conference matches. I mean, you know that that uh, Super Rugby. I thought it was brilliant rugby. I, 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 you know, for that, I'm, I'm very sad that it's not there. Um, and I, and I think it should still be there. I really do believe that. But 
yeah, it's, it's difficult, uh, Marcus. And uh, and but I really do still believe they need to do it. I still believe that tri nations should still happen. Yes, that um, that uh, you know the the, the um, Super Fifteen it was it was also hard on the players and hard on the teams and hard financially. Obviously, it's a lot. There's a little bit more money, I think, in the UK with the, with the pound being so strong. So I think that's also good for them. But also, they're getting to getting to understand different styles of rugby, and I think that is important. And and I and I what I do believe there where. Where New Zealand, you know, I, I was fortunate to spend 12, 14 days with the Hurricanes, and where they, where they, where they, where their sole um, uh, idea and way is, is a lot on, on skill levels and skill sets, and, and being able to make sure that you a prop can pass like a fly half, that kind of thing, and, and, and put it out the back like a fly half. Do all of these kind of skills that everybody should be able to play. You know, you don't play a four and a five as a an enforcer, you all your locks can carry, all your locks can clean, all your locks can do exactly what you know every other lock can do, and the same as your loose forwards. You know, you know, you should all be able to carry the ball, just not all fetch the ball. You should all be able to fetch the ball, get over the top of the ball when, you, when it's your time. You should be able to adequately be able to do that. So, yeah, I, I still believe that that the tri nations should still happen. I believe that competition between New Zealand and South Africa, two to three tests every year, I believe it should be there. Because there's nothing better than watching those rugby. I'm really sorry to say I think that is one of the the best rugby to watch. And you know, as a coach, I think you can learn a lot from it. So I, I enjoy it. I really do enjoy that. Well, glad to hear. Then just quickly, we're running out of time. So I just want to off air. We spoke about the the Formula One that took place this weekend <laughs> in Abu Dhabi, and now uh, now find you are watching it. Um, I just want to say quickly, firstly, obviously to to Max Verstappen and and Lewis Hamilton, well done on a, on an awesome uh, a year of, of racing. Yeah. And then obviously Max Verstappen took it at the end. So there was quite a bit of controversy um, in the first lap, and then obviously in the in the last lap. Um, but for all the all the listeners and the viewers that 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 watched um, that specific game, um, Guinea Six Nations their page, someone asked a question there that said, wow, can someone explain what just happened in the Formula One in rugby terms? Okay, that's why I'm bringing it up. It's a rugby show. <laughs> Listen to this, and this is actually quite classic. It says here, uh, and, and uh, courtesy to, to Rob Kahn, or Kane, uh, excuse me if I pronounce his, uh, his surname uh, wrong, his explanation was, England were playing New Zealand and winning by a country mile. Don't forget now, uh, Lewis Hamilton was 11 and a half seconds in front of Verstappen in the last lap, right? So England were playing New Zealand and were winning by a country mile. But somebody got injured in a game between Ireland and Scotland. So the referee decided to give New Zealand, New Zealand some extra points in the England game so that they had an opportunity in extra time. New Zealand then got a penalty in front of the posts that would win the game. They scored the penalty and won despite England being the better team all game. <laughs> so that was that for the explanation. <laughs> no, that is pretty good. Pretty good explanation. <laughs> oh, it was well said. Um, Dorsey, I just want to end off quickly uh, from, a, from a Sharks point of view, just to announce that Hollywood Bets have come on board um, as a sponsor, obviously a massive sponsor to, to the Sharks. And Kings Park will going forward be known as the Hollywood Bets Kings Park. Um, 
it's always great. And, and unfortunately, we only got about a minute. So if you can explain this quickly in only a few seconds, if you look at something like that, how is the funding and sponsorships obviously in Zimbabwe? Because that is what's going to attract your players to stay or come back. In 30 seconds, please, Bob. Yeah, look, yeah, look I mean, it's, it's massive. Uh, sponsorship is exactly what we need. We, that's where we lack it. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's where we are going to be able to qualify purely because of the situation we're in with foreign-based players. Financial is massive for us. And something like that, where they, where, you know, somebody came in with that kind of sponsorship, it would transform the whole of Zimbabwe rugby. It truly would. And that is what we need. We need that kind of sponsorship to come in and that which would transform everything for us. Dorsey, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time and, and everything. And I really uh, I wish Zimbabwe rugby under your, under your wings well. We will definitely thanks, watch Mark. your progress in that. And uh, yet again, thanks for accepting our invite to join us. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, really good to see you again and have a good chat with you. And Joe, um, anytime, please just give us a call and, uh, and I'll be there to, to support and help you guys. But thank you very much for your support and, and following. I really appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Dorsey. Always nice chatting to you. From Mark Cameron and Touchline, have an awesome rugby week.